Hello, everyone. My name is George Davis, and I want to thank you for joining us for this online Easter celebration of the Hershey Free Church. Uh, Several weeks ago, uh, my wife and I were visiting our oldest son in Seattle. And while we were there, we had the opportunity to to reconnect with an individual that we had known when we were both in grad school. It's one of those situations where we lost contact over the years, but we've been able to reconnect on social media. And so we were able to grab dinner together. And, and interestingly, we hadn't seen this friend in 30 years. And it was, it was just a great conversation. I mean, and, you know, I, I got up to leave. And, and as I got up to leave that restaurant, I thought to myself, you know what? I've, I've missed this over the last year. I've, I've missed this type of time together, just kind of type of kind of lingering over good food and good conversation, uh, retelling stories, having a lot of laughter. And, uh, you know, as, as, as things begin to move forward and, and continue to open up, I'm, I'm looking forward to more of this, just lingering over a good meal with good conversation and good friends. But how about you? I mean, as, as we're slowly coming out of, of what we've gone through over the last year, let me ask you a question. How, how would you fill in this blank, right? As we come out of the pandemic, I am most looking forward to blank. How would you fill that in? Over the last few days, I've, I've had this conversation uh, with different people, and I, <laughs> I got a variety of answers, right? I, you know, what, what am I lo- most looking forward to? Well, I'm a grandparent looking forward to more time with my grandkids, or maybe even hugging my grandkids more. Others, I'm, you know, I'm looking forward to normal school activities or going to sporting events. I'm looking forward to traveling or that next family vacation. I'm just looking forward to getting rid of the mask. I'm looking forward to going to a wedding normally. And one person said, I'm, I'm looking forward to no more Purell. I think we can, we can identify with all those different ways that, that people are filling in the blank. So how, how would you fill in this? I'm, I'm most looking forward to what? I heard a lot of different answers, but really a recurrent theme in these conversations was this. I just, I just want things to get back to normal. Can't we resonate with that? I just, I just want things to get back to normal. And, you know, right now I think we're in an interesting place. On the one hand, there's, I think there's a cumulative <laughs> weariness to the last year. That we're just tired. But I also think there, you know, there are rays of hope because we're beginning to see things change. And, and in the midst of that, let me just ask you this question. I know we want to get back to normal. And that's understandable. But what if even now there is a deeper reality at work that we need to pay attention to? A deeper reality that's found in the message of Easter. To show you what I mean, I I simply want to share with you one scene in the book of Acts. The book of Acts is a book in the New Testament that, that tells much of the story of early Christianity. And in Acts chapter 13... Uh, we see a scene associated with the Apostle Paul, who is traveling and taking the message of Jesus throughout the ancient world, the Roman world. And in his travels, he comes to this location. This is a place known as Pisidian Antioch. To give you some bearings, this ancient city is located in what is now part of modern Turkey. 
And, and so this ancient messenger, right, Paul the Apostle, he arrives in Pisidian Antioch, and he goes to the local synagogue, the local place where Jews gathered to worship. Now, to, to understand this scene, to understand Paul going into this synagogue community, I think it can be helpful to give you a little more background information that may be at work here. And that background information is this. In the first century, if you if you'd gone to Israel, if you'd gone to Palestine, and you talked with Jews there about their hopes and dreams, right, what are you most looking forward to, um, you would have heard many references, I think, to a coming Messiah. You would would have heard descriptions of people hoping for, looking forward to the idea that a Messiah would come and he would overthrow the Roman rulers. Arguably, one of the reasons that one of the reasons that people got frustrated with Jesus was live up to their expectations about what a Messiah should look like. Likewise, throughout the first century, there are different movements that come and go in Palestine where people are trying to overthrow Rome and bring about this messianic fulfillment. People are even willing to fight and die for this dream. However, however, historical evidence suggests that when you got away from Israel, and you move to other parts of the ancient world, other parts of the Roman Empire, and you went to Jewish communities in those regions, that messianic fervency was lacking. When you went there and, you know, talked about what people wanted, many would have simply said this, I just, I just want life to be normal. I just want life to be normal. We, we want to be a part of our communities. We want to have the opportunity to live out our beliefs. And we want to be able to raise our families in peace. We, we just want life to be normal. Now, arguably, as Paul comes into the synagogue in this ancient city, those types of factors were at work. I think in some sense, Paul could have been coming into a group of people who, who said, you know what, we just, we just want life to be normal. And as he comes into this group, he comes into this group that wants life to be normal, but he comes in bringing the message of Jesus and bringing the message of Easter. Now, as you read this in Acts chapter 13, as he tells the story of Jesus, he actually begins with the history of Israel. Over the last few months, if you've been with us, uh, we've taken time to work through the storyline of the Old Testament, recounting the history history of the nation and all of its kings. And interestingly, as as Paul is addressing this community of of Jews, he, he goes over some of the same history. Now, as you read this ancient history, you know, it's possible just to see this as simply a collection of stories of some small out-of-the-way nation in a foreign land. However, as Paul tells the story, he says, you know what, there's a lot more going on here than you might realize. First, he argues that this history of Israel is it's moving in a particular direction. All the ups and downs, all the twists and turns, the steps forward, the steps back, all the successes and failures, all of that history is moving in a particular direction. While it may seem like a random storyline, it's not because all of it is moving towards Jesus. And all of it is moving towards the message of Easter. Furthermore, Paul says this history isn't simply moving in a particular direction. He says it is moving in the fulfillment of God's promises. 
In fact, you know, as you read this, you'll notice in the story of Jesus, he makes reference to the famous king, perhaps the most famous king in Israel's history, King David. After removing Saul, God made David their king. God testified concerning him, I have found a man after my own heart. He will do everything I want him to do. Now notice this. From this man's descendants, God has brought to Israel the Savior, Jesus, as he promised. History is moving in a particular direction, and it's moving towards the fulfillment of God's promises. Now, as Paul continues, he states that these promises are ultimately fulfilled in Jesus through the resurrection. So a little later in the passage, he begins to describe Jesus himself. And here's what he says, though they found no proper ground for a death sentence, they asked Pilate to have him, that is, Jesus executed. When they carried out all that was written about him, They took him down from the cross and laid him in a tomb. But God raised him from the dead, and for many days he was seen by those who had traveled with him from Galilee to Jerusalem. They are now his witnesses to our people. We tell you the good news. What God promised, right? There are those promises that history is moving towards that are being fulfilled. What God promised our ancestors, he has fulfilled for us their children. How? By raising up Jesus. So Paul comes into this group. You know what? We just want, we just want things to be normal. And Paul says, no, 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 don't you get it? History is moving in a particular direction. It's moving in a direction toward the fulfillment of God's promises. And those promises find their fulfillment in the message of Easter when Jesus is raised from the dead. And it becomes clear later in the passage that ultimately this promise isn't simply for Jews, it's also for all of us. It's for Gentiles as well. So Paul says, look, I know you want, just want life to be normal, but understand what's going on with Easter. It's the fulfillment of a promise. But what exactly does that mean? What was the nature of that promise? Well, if we, if we go back to the Old Testament, we see promises made to David. One day, the ultimate king would come as David's descendant to rule and to reign. And in Easter, we see that that ultimate king is Jesus. But I think if we read further in the Old Testament and and pay attention to other promises, it becomes clear not simply that this king is going to come, but also that he is going to bring a particular kind of reign. He's going to bring a particular kind of kingdom. He's going to bring a kingdom in which people, people just like you and me, can experience forgiveness and renewal. A kingdom in which people would be restored in their relationship with God and empowered in in their relationships with others. That's what's happening in, in the work of Jesus Christ that we see in his death and resurrection. Elsewhere, as Paul describes the fulfillment of this promise, he can describe it this way. This is from one of his letters, the book of Colossians. He's writing to a group of Christians, and he says, you know, when you were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made you alive with Christ. What what does this promise of Easter mean for us? Well, Paul says this, but before you become a follower of Christ, he says your, 
you're dead in your sins. Now, what does that mean? Well, I think fundamentally and foundationally, it means that we are under the judgment of death. Because our sin, our brokenness, our imperfection, our rebellion ultimately leads to death. It leads to eternal separation from God. But I think in another way, we are dead in our sins because something is missing. Do you know those situations where you've realized, you know, something's missing? (laughs) Maybe you tried a new recipe, and in the course of trying the new recipe, you ended up accidentally leaving one of the ingredients out. And, and, you know, it was great, but you you finally tasted it, and you realized there's something wrong here. There is something that's missing. Maybe you've been in a dating relationship, and, you know, there were so many positives about the relationship, so many good dimensions to it, but... Ultimately, over time, you realize, you know what? There's something missing here. Something is wrong here. And this relationship doesn't need to continue. In a similar way, you and I have been created to know God, to be in in relationship with him. Yet our our sin, our brokenness severs this relationship. It it separates us from God. and, and, And this ultimately creates a deadness in our lives. I think that's a deadness we can sometimes be aware of acutely and experience. Yet Paul says the promise that all of history has been moving towards, the promise that Jesus is keeping, the promise fulfilled in Easter is that God is going to address this problem, the problem of deadness. And he does that through the cross and the resurrection. God has taken on the punishment for our sin and made it possible for us to be forgiven. And he's made it possible for this relationship to be restored. (laughs) Notice, Paul puts it this way, when you become a follower of Christ, God makes you alive with Jesus. In other words, ultimately, Easter isn't something that we celebrate. It's also something that we can experience. When you become a follower of Jesus, you you are made alive with him. And I think with that comes forgiveness, restoration, a renewed relationship with God, a renewed sense of identity. Who I am is now grounded in this new relationship. I don't have to be defined by other things. With that comes a renewed sense of purpose and direction. And with that comes the renewing work of the Spirit who begins over time transforming me more and more from the inside out. So Paul comes into this ancient community. He comes into a community where in so many ways I think the people might have been saying, you know what? We just want life to be normal. And in the midst of that, he brings the message of Jesus. He brings the message of Easter. And he says this, don't just settle for normal. Pursue a life that's renewed. That's a message that they needed to hear. And you know, I think today that's, that's a message we need to hear as well. I can, I can just imagine, I can just imagine you or me sitting down with Paul and having this kind of conversation right now. And maybe, maybe we talk a little bit about what we've experienced over the last year. Maybe we talk a little bit about what we're looking forward to, even as we started this message a few moments ago. And I can hear Paul kind of, kind of with an empathetic voice looking into 
your eyes are looking into my eyes. I can just hear him saying, you know, you're right. You've gone through a lot. I can hear him saying, look, I know you, you just want to get things back to normal. And that makes so much sense. Yet don't, don't just settle. <laughs> don't just settle for normal. Pursue a life that's renewed. Understand the invitation of Easter. Understand the reality that we can be made alive together with Jesus Christ through the work of the cross and the resurrection. Along those lines, um, next week, we are going to begin a series in Colossians entitled Deeply Rooted Together. And I think this, this series is important because in, as we look further at the book of Colossians, Paul is, is really going to show us how we can embrace and live out this renewed life that comes with the message of Easter. And Paul explains to do that well, we, we need to be deeply rooted and we need to be deeply rooted together. And so he's going to show us what that looks like. So I want to invite you to be a part of that journey with us that will start next weekend. And, and one of the reasons, one of the reasons I want to encourage you to participate is this. As I mentioned a moment ago, you know, it feels like we've, 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 we've reached a point in the journey of the last year where more and more we're getting good news and more and more it seems like things are opening up. We're slowly coming out of this pandemic. But even, even as we do that, I think, you know, we've still had to deal with a lot of frustration, haven't we? And perhaps part of that frustration over the last year has simply entailed ways in which we've lost control, right? We didn't, we didn't always like the decisions that government officials were making, didn't always agree with those decisions, didn't always like the decisions that school districts were making or local leaders were making. Frankly, some of you would say, I didn't like George. We didn't really like the way the church was handling these decisions. And I understand that. This has been a, it's been a challenging journey over the last year to kind of work through these decisions in real time. And at times we, we could have done better. We could have communicated better. I get all that. And, and so part of our frustration, I think, at this point is just the cumulative fact that over this last year, we've lost control in a lot of important decisions. But understand this. Even though we haven't been able to personally be involved in a lot of decisions over the last year, even though we're not really in control of of the ways in which our communities will reopen, while you can't control those factors, you and I can't control how we personally reopen. That is, we, we control how we personally re-engage and step into the new normal that is coming our way. You get to control how you're re-engaging life as we come out of this. What will that look like? Will it just be, I want to get past this? Or will it be, I want to grow from this? Will it be, I just want to move beyond this? Or will it be, I want to build from this? Are we simply going to try to get back to normal? Or will we pursue a life that is renewed? I think those are important questions for us individually, and they're they're important questions for us as a church. And Paul is going to invite us over the next few weeks as we go through the book of Colossians to understand what this renewed life looks like and how to embrace it in everyday life. So I encourage you to be a part of that. So once again, Paul's 
Paul's invitation to us is this. Don't, don't just settle for normal. Pursue a life that's renewed. And I think there's, there's one more reason that we need to hear this message clearly. Remember, in, in describing the promise of Easter, Paul says that this, this promise of Easter is addressing a deadness in our lives, the deadness of sin. And let, let me just ask you very personally now, are, are you experiencing that deadness right now? Maybe it's a nagging sense that, that something is off, something is missing. Maybe it's the deadness that comes with guilt about certain things in your life or certain things from your past. Maybe it, it's a deadness that can come in struggling to understand who you are and struggling with your sense of identity. A deadness and kind of wondering where your life is headed. You know, what's really the point of it all? And is any of my life actually making a difference? And perhaps now you feel, well, you know, if I can just get back to normal, maybe it will get better. But perhaps there's a deeper reality at work that you need to understand. And that deeper reality is that you are in the grip of the deadness of sin. And to you, Paul says, don't don't just settle for normal. Pursue a life that's renewed. And that renewal begins by receiving the promise of Easter. It begins by receiving the message of Jesus Christ and putting your, your faith, your trust, your reliance in him. And, and we begin this journey of following Jesus simply by acknowledging our need. We, we acknowledge our sin, our brokenness. We acknowledge that this is a deadness that we can't address on our own. And then we receive God's gift of new life, of forgiveness, of a renewed life made possible through, through the work of Jesus. And, and we do that simply by putting our faith, our trust in him. Maybe right now, if you're honest with yourself, you realize, you know what, this, this is a step I need to take. This message of Easter is now addressing me personally. I need to begin this life that is renewed. I re- need to receive the free gift of life and forgiveness made possible by Jesus Christ. And if that's the case, if that's where you're at, can I just encourage you to make that decision right now? Don't put it off. In fact, let me, let me just read us, lead us in a simple prayer. And, and if you don't have to pray the exact words, but if, if you take that step, I just encourage you to pray something like this. You can, you can do it silently. You, you can do it aloud. But let's, let's just pray together right now. Just acknowledge, dear God, I realize that I am in the deadness of sin and I need your forgiveness. Thank you for the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Thank you that I can receive and and begin a renewed life. And I, I receive that gift right now by putting my faith in him. And I do that in the name of the one who makes this possible, Jesus Christ. 
Amen. If you prayed that prayer, or maybe you would just like to have more questions about, you know, what does it mean to follow Christ? Maybe you're, you're kind of wrestling with the, the message of Easter. I'm not really sure what I think about this, but you're, you're open to further conversation. We'd love to have that conversation with you and just talk further about where you're at. And there are a couple of ways you can connect with us. So uh, if you've got a phone, you can even do this right now. Just get out your phone. You can text GOSPEL to 717-537. 9172, that's 717-537-9172, and, and we'll start that conversation, or if you want to just write out questions or, or would like further interaction, you can also email us at hfc at hersheyfree.com. So I'll let you look at that, leave that up for a moment so you can get that contact information, and, and I would just personally love to have that kind of conversation with you and just kind of explain to you this message of Easter that that Paul is describing. So, this this is the promise of Easter. Because of Christ's resurrection, we can be, now think about this, we can be made alive with him. And because of that promise, don't just settle for normal. Don't just settle for getting back to normal. Pursue a life that's renewed. Let's pray together. Gracious God, on this Easter weekend, we remember the work of Jesus Christ. We remember the reality that this wasn't a random event. It wasn't the tragic story of a leader defeated and and a surprising twist to history, but we remember the truth that this was at work in your history all along. It was work in the history that we've been looking at over the last few weeks, that he was crucified in our place to take our punishment, and he was raised in triumph as the king, the savior who fulfills these wonderful promises of the Old Testament. And Father, with that comes a new kind of reign in which we can experience your renewal, your forgiveness, your new life. So even this day, may the message of Jesus Christ and the wonder of the resurrection challenge us, not simply to get back to normal, but to pursue a life that's renewed. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.